This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Hey everybody, it's Blockbuster Film School. Guess what? Nick, is it Office Hours? Yes. Yes, it's Office Hours. Welcome back. Hopefully you're doing okay. Uh, if you're listening to this far into the future, we're currently trapped inside of our houses, sort of. <laughs> people are now aimlessly wandering the streets. I'm still working. Some people are still working. Full time. I'm still Help. Work. He's talking about Blockbuster Film School. No, I'm talking about my fucking soul-crushing <laughs> job. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Once the society returns, it will be less soul-crushing. Actually, it'll probably be more. It'll be more soul crushing. Yeah. That's correct. That is that should that's tell fuck- us something about our civilization. Yeah. We've created. that's the fucked up part is I'm supposed to be enjoying this moment of relief. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm enjoying it because that seems morbid. But I just been at work. Oh yeah, yes. It's a weird time, but that's why we're here. We're here at the Blockbuster Film School to give you a little bit of film knowledge and possibly a little relief from your weird ass life. I'm Alex Bonner, that's Nicholas Souter, and of course we are joined, as always, by super producer Brian Tepps, who refuses to have a microphone, even during an episode that is almost exclusively how Brian thinks all the time. This week on The Office Hours, we're going to give you a pretty sweet vampire wall of vampire films. I don't know. That's how vampires sound, right, Nick? The yodel? The, if they... Or in a Francis Ford Coppola vampire movie, they just sort of talk like their brain is slowly melting. You know, like that. What's your favorite vampire accent, Nick? Um, Brooklyn. <laughs> we'll talk about that one on an upcoming episode that's yes. going to occur. We're not going to mention a certain Brooklyn vampire on this one, even though there was debate on whether we would. But we won't, because we will mock that one mercilessly in a future episode. So that's a little hint. A little little hint. Was Pluto Nash a vampire? (laughs) A money vampire for Hollywood and other people's careers. We're going to go this week on The Office Hours, and we're just going to give you a wall. We're just going to do the blockbuster wall. How many did we pick? Three? We're going to do three? Three picks and a wooden stake through the... (laughs) One pick for the wooden stake dumpster. (laughs) That's true. And a shitload of garlic. We have talked about doing vampires for a while. And it is. Brian has started talking about us doing a vampire episode before this was a podcast. Before we had a real idea. I was like, let's do a podcast. Okay, about what? I don't know, but it has to include a vampires episode. Also, I've never seen Brian during the day. So he also won't go in front of a mirror. I try to grab him and hold him in front of a mirror. He won't do it. He hisses at me. It's a whole thing. I don't know. I enjoy the hissing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. He does a great possum impression. Brian, do it right now. (laughs) See, it was great. That was great. That was great. Those fangs are intense. We're going to go directly into it. But, Nick, before we do that, do you like vampire movies? Yeah. 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 Who doesn't? Uh, Christians. (laughs) I don't know. Twilight's kind of a big deal. Mormons like them, apparently. Yeah, Mormons. If they're not exactly vampire movies. Yeah, they're if just they're not about- vampire movies and it's like the whole thing is don't fuck. <laughs> and be shiny. Yeah. And be 100 years old and bang a girl in high school, which I think is 
kind of a thing in Mormonism. Uh, all right, That's we're also taking- the most Hollywood thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you live forever. You can bang all the high school girls yeah, you want. And you look like Robert Pattinson the entire time. Yeah, that's a vampire movie if I ever heard one. Okay, so we're gonna go. We're just gonna we're just gonna fly right into this. Nick, what's your first pick on your vampire? Your vampire. <laughs> Wall. Are we doing these like in the normal order? Or are we just doing just three? I just picked three that I, just I enjoy. Three. Yeah. yeah, I just okay. picked three that I enjoy. These are not necessarily. I would say at the Blockbuster Film School on my side, the three best vampire movies, but they are definitely three that I would recommend yes. in your quarantine. If you want to watch, have yourself a vampire triple feature or three days in a row, whatever you want to do, but you have to watch them immediately is what we're saying. Okay. Legally, Illinois state law. You have to watch all of them because we said so. Pritzker loves this show. <laughs> he loves bossing everyone around. Yeah. Actually now no one's allowed to wear hats. Hats are gone. Like, <laughs> Oh, God forbid someone would protect us from a coronavirus. What an asshole. But what's just your first pick on the vampire wall? My first pick is George Romero's Martin. Uh, I think it's a very underseen film. I've only seen it twice. It's really hard to get a hold of. It's not streaming anywhere. Um, You can buy a used copy on the eBay. Ooh, it's a deep cut horror. Yeah, a little bit. uh, He made this movie... I want to say 77 or 76. Okay. It's the movie he made between The Crazies and Dawn of the Dead. But this is essentially a... It's two sides to the story. You can either think Martin is a vampire, but mostly the story tells him as a disturbed young man goes around drinking beautiful women's blood. Ooh. Yeah. And not just like he... His whole thing is getting women's blood... He doesn't have fangs or anything, so, like, right. he'll drug them and then, like, slit their wrists or find a vein and then just drink their blood. Ooh. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he does. unsanitary. In- yes. That's what he does instead of, like, sexy time. <laughs> okay. Um. So, the movie just lets it play out. Is it supernatural? No. It's no. very straightforward. It's mm. very, like, matter of fact. It's a disturbing movie, and it's also just George Romero is in it. He plays a priest. He's very good in it. Everyone acting in it's really good. He loves being a priest. He does. It's super low budget, and this is also the first time that he worked with Tom Savini. Ooh, interesting. So yeah. the blood effects are probably pretty wild. They're pretty great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. And also, classic George Romero is just fun to watch all the way through. So. Yeah. Interesting. Also, I feel like it may have suffered from its title, as it's just called Martin, which yeah. it's well, not based on the 90s Fox sitcom of the same name. No. Well, funny enough, <laughs> Gina is in this. <laughs> uh, no, it had a very different title uh, internationally. I think it was like Wampir. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But if you can find it, watch it. If you can't find it, you know what? Martin, the TV series, is on Amazon. It's very good. Tommy. Yeah. I did like Tommy. Okay. He's good. So stupid, Tommy. I'm going to watch that. Honestly, of the picks, it's kind of the only one that I don't think I've seen. And so I will check that out. My first pick on the blockbuster vampire wall (laughs) will be the 1988 Catherine Bigelow classic, in my opinion, Near Dark. I think we've talked about this before. We talked about it on our Catherine Bigelow episode. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. And it truly was, in my opinion, the first vampire movie that I ever saw that it was supernatural. They are vampires, but it doesn't have 
any of these kind of old Dracula caveats of like living in castles and that there's some sort of ancient curse or so. These are vampires. They are still alive. They are running around in the middle of nowhere in Texas, just like a biker gang, just taking names and getting blood and trying to stay alive. And Lance Hendrickson and Paxton Paxton in this movie. Also, I remember him in say aliens as Hicks and obviously maybe one of his more iconic roles, but this was when I realized that this guy was something else. If nothing else, if you are upset by hyperviolence, maybe not the movie for you, but a couple of the scenes still to this day in my mind, because Catherine Bigelow is such an amazing action director, and then the scene where they go nuts on the shit kicker bar and basically reverse all of the Hollywood tropes that the vampires are the bad guys and the cowboys will kill them, but the cowboys are kind of shitheads. And you kind of don't care and they pick on the vampires and then the vampires murder them in the most insane bloodbath I've maybe ever seen in movies. It's, and I tried to maybe do this in my picks. This is the one where if you like scary action-y mayhem vampires, this is that movie. This is the psycho vampires who are covered in blood and sunglasses and leather jackets. So I don't know. Do you like near dark Nick? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a huge fan of this. We talked a lot about this in the Catherine Bigelow episode. Um, I think this was probably my number one pick for her. I agree. And go I, back and listen and prove me wrong. I think mine was point break, but it's up there for me. I love it. I love it. And it's interesting to see early Catherine Bigelow as well. Cause this is kind of, if not her first one of her very first studio movies. And you really get to see her kind of come into her own as a different kind of filmmaker who doesn't shy away from violence, but has a kind of poetic, empathetic tone to all of her characters. It's not just cheesy violence, which we'll get into, which I think happens in most vampire movies where it's just vampire movies seem to have a quotient of like just the cheesiest violence. There is violence in them. There, but it goes either way, basically. Mm. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah. It's exactly. either like a swimming pool full of blood <laughs> or it's, you know, Liam, Liam Neeson, the, Liam yeah. Gallagher, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got there. Yes. Dracula dead and loving it. Yeah. Or even the Coppola Dracula, which has all this great production value and all these great actors, but is just some of the goofiest shit. You've ever seen, <laughs> including, I believe Keanu Reeves doing a, attempting a British accent for a portion of the movie before Francis Ford Coppola just finally was like wine drunk enough to say, listen, man, just would you just fucking stop doing that? Okay. Nick, what's your number two? My second pick is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is a movie I'm constantly bringing up. I absolutely love this film. It is, as far as I can tell, the first Iranian vampire western cool shot in black and white it's almost a silent film they don't speak a lot in this movie it's gorgeous it is violent what's the kind of story of it what's the the story of it is basically there's this guy who's just in crippling debt his father's sick turns out he's a junkie and he's trying to get money for him he's trying to get money for himself and he gets caught up with his drug dealer so he starts like selling drugs and then this beautiful loner vampire 
just goes and kills him. Hmm. So then this guy robs that drug dealer, and then they happen upon each other in the street while this guy is rolling on ecstasy for the first time and doesn't realize she's a vampire. Okay. And then they fall in love. It's a love story. It is a bizarre, messed up love story. Which is kind of, I mean... All love stories. And also, often vampire movies have love story. That's the big... Dracula is a love story. Yeah. And vampires are a very romantic thing, I think, in a lot of ways. And I am always cool with when they have a slightly different take on the romance. Because it's always a tragic romance. It's a violent romance. It's somebody who... But yeah, this is interesting. I... I saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it since then because that was a while. That was like 2012, maybe something like that. 2014. 2014. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, extremely. I agree. I um, It's interesting that you picked that because that's... Uh, Pick it a lot on this on our <laughs> it's, series. It's, it's almost like you like that movie. Yeah, I think people are getting tired of this. And I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure I brought this up before that I saw it at a double feature. This movie was directed by... Anna Lily and Poor. I saw the music box. You showed this movie and the bad ones. You know, bad ones is not that good. Title kind of gives away. But <laughs> it was worth sitting through that to get to listen to her talk about this movie. Mm. And then they showed a 35 millimeter print. Cool. Yeah, it was dope. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, a girl walks home at night alone. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, my number two pick, it's one of the craziest meta pieces. It'll also reference kind of two movies. It's the 2000 Elias, Elias Mirhig. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. He didn't really make that many movies, but he made this bizarre masterpiece called Shadow of the Vampire, which had Willem Dafoe particularly, as well as John Malkovich, Catherine McCormick, Udo Kier, who I always loved, Carrie Elways. And it's basically about how F.W. Murnau, who made the original Nosferatu, the German expressionist silent film, which is still terrifying and is kind of considered the the true a ridge, a ridge horror movie. He made this movie and this movie presupposes, and it's kind of a behind the scenes fictional feature that Willem Dafoe plays an actual vampire that... F.W. Murnau, in order to actually make this movie, pulled a real deal vampire out of the hills of Transylvania and put him in a silent film. And it freaked out all the other actors because they were like, is this guy an actual vampire? And the entire time F.W. Murnau is like, no, no, he's character acting. He's in method. He's method acting. But he might actually be a real fucking vampire. And it's kind of, I suppose, a little bit. I haven't seen Martin, but that idea of you get to choose is Willem Dafoe such a in-character psycho of an actor that he is now currently a vampire during this movie, or did F.W. Murnau manage to stumble upon an actual real vampire, bring him to Berlin, film him for a silent movie, and was like, this is just too good. I don't care if he murders a bunch of people on set. And it kind of makes everything terrifying. It makes everything interesting. It's fun. It's spooky. And... Every time I watch it, I notice something else. And I also, every time I watch it, say to myself, what the fuck am I watching? How did someone manage to make this movie? How did it get released? What the shit is happening? Why are all these big actors? What is happening? I don't know. So, and also in that way, the whole reason that Max Schreck, who was the actor who quote unquote portrayed Nosferatu, falls in love with the lead actress and... 
that's why he doesn't murder everyone right away. It does have the Dracula thing. He was like, oh, cool, I'm just going to murder everyone now. But then does, I don't, it's bizarre. Have you seen Shadow of the Vampire? We watched this in my uh, high school class. <laughs> like, not my class. I might have mentioned this. I had a key. You watched from binoculars in the parking lot? I had a key to the supply room, so I just, like, <laughs> stole a stack of just missile forms <laughs> and then just learned how to forge my teacher's signature. So I just Stop wandered from class to class my senior year. Awesome. And I was like, came up, what are you guys watching a movie? They're like, yeah, is this your I got a thing? I got I'm, the- I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> and I sat there and we watched this movie. It's crazy though, it's right? It's nuts, yeah. Super producer Brian Tips, have you seen this movie? Oh man, this is Brian. He's crying with shame. Yeah, no, uh, and also shout out to FW Murnau's Nosferatu because it is amazing, particularly as a compendium. I highly recommend watching that as well because that character is maybe one of the spookiest characters ever put on cinema. So yeah. And then to then have this movie and there's just that sort of element of history. You, you actually have a film footage of FW Murnau's Nosferatu, but all these people are gone. You don't know if this story is true. This could all be made up. It's a fun story, but it's also based on urban legend that may be true. I don't know. It's bizarre. It makes you think the entire time about every single character. It's spooky as fuck. I, Highly recommend Shadow of the Vampire, even though it has the most bland-ass title you could give to any... We were talking about this, Shadow of the Kiss of the Vampire Castle Bat, or what... Just, yep, nailed it. And that's the title for my vampire movie. Vampire Kiss Fang Blood. Nailed it. Control safe. Nick, what is your number one pick on your vampire? It's my last pick. I don't know if it's my number Mm. one. (laughs) That's the gambit. <laughs> Dracula. Yeah, there we are. Oh, oh, you're going to pick it now. Before I do my pick, I'm going to do my dumpster. Oh, you're going to do it before? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I feel so bad picking this just because I love this director. Mm. But he still made this movie. Mm. And he made this movie with James Woods and that terrible Baldwin. John Carpenter's vampires. Oh, they have crossbows. I know. (laughs) So many crossbows. This movie is 80% montage action scenes. (laughs) Nothing actually plays out in regular time. They kill two vampires in normal time. And then it's just shots of James Woods shooting a crossbow. Mm -hmm. And then people like doing like this, like baby arms getting dragged into the sunlight. That's that entire movie. That's the entire movie. That and James Woods talking about his dick, talking about other mm. people's dick, Ugh. making the same acid joke he's been making since that Oliver Stone movie, Salvador. Oof. James Woods is a terrible <laughs> actor. He is a huge Republican piece of shit. But yes. setting that aside for this, because he was great in Videodrone. Yeah. He, casino. Casino. Huh. He is terrible in this, playing essentially like... The better version of Dennis Miller in Bordello of Blood. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. <laughs> now, if Dennis Miller had been in John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter would have drank himself to death <laughs> on set. I remember me and my brother going to see it at the $1.50 movies as big John Carpenter nerds as well. And I remember sighing a lot during it. I just remember yeah. kind of... <sighs> <sighs> there was a, just, I don't know what else to do. I, I watched the whole thing. I've seen that whole movie. I've seen it all the way through other than crossbows. And I don't know what the Laura shit Palmer. is going. 
Yeah, I mean, there's people in it. Ice Cube's in Ghost of Mars, right? Yeah, which is worse. <laughs> it is worse. Somehow worse. Especially when it was supposed to be a Escape from New York movie, but they retooled it because yeah. basically at that point. Kurt Russell, <laughs> like, Kurt Russell wasn't stone anymore. He's like, no, we're good, John. We're Kurt good. Russell hit the eject button. Yeah. It was like, I love you, John. Goodbye! I'm going to have a career still. Like... <laughs> Look at John Carver was like more like escape from pre-production, and then he ran into <laughs> oh, the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, no, that movie is trash. Well, then tell you what, I will do my blockbuster film school dumpster. It also involves a lot of crossbows. It is the Stephen Summers. I don't even know in the mid two thousands, Van Helsing, starring Wolverine and Kate Beckinsale, and a bunch of other people, and. It's nine and a half hours long, I think. I think it's insanely long. It literally has this insane thing where, like, Dracula has to get Dr. Frankenstein to help him with his Dr. Frankenstein. I don't get it. Like, none of it makes any sense, okay? But Van Helsing, who is wearing a, like, a Puritan hat the entire time, which he thinks is cool. He looks like an asshole the entire time. Just shoots everybody with machine gun stakes, which also... Why? If how can't you kill this guy? If you have a machine gun crossbow, you suck. He's supposed to be this like awesome vampire hunter. He's constantly getting his ass beat and losing nonstop. And it's one of those mid two thousands movies where it just gets so overly complex and overly insane that. And don't get me wrong, I love complex, weird movies with lots of characters. This was I'm pretty sure written by maybe fifty writers. I think Stephen Summers literally made. The Mummy, and then after that, they let him make other movies for a while. And all I know is that I saw Van Helsing in the movie theater, and I there wasn't even sighing. I just at a certain point just shut off my brain and was like, and this doesn't happen that often. I was like, I'm going to think of other stuff. I'm just going to think of other stuff. I'm trapped here now. I'm just going to think of other stuff in my life. Here. That's, oh, oh, that's a person I like. Remember that time I did? I literally did that because it was so fucking boring. How can a movie be this boring? Also, it would flip to black and white sometimes. It's it's trash. It is absolute trash. Eat that, Stephen Summers. You know what? That movie's trash. You know it, okay? Also, the fact that Hugh Jackman has made so many crap movies. He is another one like Ben Affleck where he seems to be bulletproof, where he just makes these trash movies, and then they're just... Why don't we give you another one? Because he does make good movies occasionally. He literally has that Ben Affleck quotient where... Oh, I make one really, really awesome movie every 10 years, and that allows me 10 more years of Van Helsing's. Also, there's like a whole weird love story with him and Kate Beckinsale that is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Just in the sense of like, these are two people who don't even want to talk to each other. Grosser than Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson? Ooh. I, I, mm, yeah, just because I have this feeling that the entire time Hugh Jackman is just mad that he's wearing a hat, and then it's like, now kiss Kate Beckinsale. He's like, uh, I guess. There's a lot of, whenever they kiss, it's like two people going, I guess, I guess. All right. That's. <laughs> that's also, can we start a petition to get Kate Beckinsale out of vampire movies? That's how she gets those checks. Okay. Those underworld movies are trash, but there's a entire bizarre fan base for them who I don't know who they are. I imagine they're people who are, I don't know. I, I can't even bash on it because I don't know. I don't know who you people are. Who are you? Who goes to see these underworld movies? Reveal yourselves. They're the same people who see Weird Al Yankovic in concert. Mmm. So I get an idea. They produce podcasts. Interesting. Interesting. Like Brian, have you seen? 
That's why you need a microphone. Concert? Okay. Have you seen Kate Beckinsale on concert? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's do this. All right, Nick, what's your number one? What's your top pick on the vampire? It's not wall? my top pick. It's top just pick. My, it's my last pick. Top pick. It's the last one, not topic. <laughs> top hot topic. It's my hot topic pick. <laughs> Let the right one in. Ooh, yeah. the Swedish version. Yeah, the American one has a dumb title. It doesn't. It's close, but it's not the same. In let me write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who let the right one in? Who let the rest? <laughs> That's the American version. I'm sorry. I'll stop now. What'd you like about uh, let the right one in? Uh, the movie. Hmm. Was it the pool scene? The pool scene's dope. Pool scene's dope. The whole movie's good. It's a story about an eleven year old kid who becomes friends with basically a child vampire and like the other two movies I picked it doesn't have a lot of vampire tropes it's just sort of set in normal life like everyday stuff and just how depressing it is to be a kid (laughs) and then the only thing that's going to save you is to become friends with a vampire I agree I thought they did some cool stuff in there though like that the vampire would hang around in Scandinavia where it's dark a lot of the year there's little reveals that I don't want to give there's just constantly little reveals about the vampire which i thought were kind of cool you don't necessarily see it coming you know what i'm saying that the character becomes more complex as the movie goes along and also a love story in a way a little bit the vampire feels bad for that kid tries to help out that kid by murdering (laughs) you know you gotta do what you gotta do spoiler alert on that it's a vampire movie it's a vampire movie yeah yeah any other thoughts on it is violent. It's kind of a tender movie. It's yeah. very poetic. And the guy who directed this had a huge string of hits. Really? It was uh, Tomas Alfredson who directed this. And then he also directed Four Shadows of Brown, which won like the Swedish version of the Oscar. He directed this next. Then he directed Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Get the fuck out of here. And then he followed that up with The Snowman. A film that was so terrible that after they got finished filming, they had to go do reshoots because they realized they only shot 45% of the script. Yes. Also, and then they didn't finish shooting the other half and then just put together a movie. Also, the main character in that movie, in The Snowman, his name is Harry Hole, which which I guess means, in- means something else in Sweden. <laughs> they didn't process that, I guess. And I remember Fassbender... In an interview, kind of joking, he was like, well, I couldn't take my name off of it because, you know, I'm I'm in it. Yeah. So that should tell you something when the main actor is even throwing shade during press junkets. I'm like, do you think this movie's good? Uh, uh, like when actors can't even muster the lie of, do you think this movie's good? And then they say things like, it's innovative. You know, they're not going to say they think yeah. it's good. You think this is a good movie? It's not very long. <laughs> it does some wild things. When they simply say things like, oh, well, you know, I got to do this press junket. So here I am. <laughs> like, oh, I see. Very diplomatic of you being like, fuck this movie. Yeah. I would say in my dumpster, I would also put the snowman, but it is almost so bad that it is fun to watch. Cause it's some of the stupidest shit I've ever seen. Is that a vampire movie? No, it's not. But I just in the, the blockbuster dumpster in general, just they would bring the blu-rays, I guess now of it to our fictional blockbuster. And then I would just take the palette of them and then just put them into the dumpster. <laughs> and then people would go, do you have a new copy of the snowman? And I would be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then, 
you know, I would get fired from Blockbuster like usual. All right, so my number one pick, and I, I think maybe it is my favorite vampire movie because I'm a little wiener, but it is the 1994 Neil Jordan, Kirsten Dunst, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Anne Rice, Christian Slater, Antonio Banderas, Sandy Newton classic, in my opinion, Interview with a Vampire. If you want to see Tom Cruise be the evilest that Tom Cruise has ever been as the vampire Lestat, it's awesome. If you want to see Brad Pitt being emo as fuck, everything about it's cool. I've watched it, I'd say, a couple of times every decade, and I still sort of enjoy it. I know Neil Jordan kind of fell off and became trash, but once he was the true kind of romantic goth director, and this is his masterpiece. It's a period piece, but it's also... Like, I like Anne Rice books, and I think it's the only one that really kind of is a true Anne Rice book where it has that sort of poetic edge to it, but it has all this wildness, and you feel bad for the vampires a little bit, but you also register that they're fucking straight-up monsters. So it's kind of a fascinating movie. I don't know. I I recommend it. Nick, do you like Interview with the Vampire? Yeah, I remember liking it. I've only seen it once. Mm. Saw it when it premiered on HBO, and... You know, like you said, Tom Cruise does some crazy shit in there. I was like, oh, that's it's not very Mission Impossible. I, rem- <laughs> I remember there's like scenes, though, where spoiler alert a little bit that like Tom Cruise's character is sort of the mentor vampire to Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt doesn't really want to be a vampire. And in this almost horrifyingly realistic way, even in a period setting, Tom Cruise has lured some woman over and then is basically like, now do it now do it. Do it like drink from her, and Brad Pitt doesn't want to do it. And then Tom Cruise loses his shit like a gang leader of the vampire, and then he's like, "Fine, I'll." And then he myrtleizes some person, and then and then they have some argument of like, "Why are you such a little bitch? Why, why?" Like, and there's this crazy, horrifying dynamic of these two. And you feel weird, but then also you start to agree with Lestat, and you're like, why am I agreeing with the crazy vampire? And it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how we're going to end it, I guess. So you just agree with the head vampire. <laughs> Listen, spoiler on that one, Lestat is very hard to get rid of, and I also sort of liked that element, that just when you think that you can kill a vampire, you better be sure, because... It's a monster. It is an actual monster who won't go down. They're not humans anymore. They're something else. They're otherworldly beings. And I sort of liked that as an element where your humanity slowly leaves you as you become this older and older vampire and become this entirely different creature. And I know we didn't reference what we do in the shadows, which I also love. But they do it as kind of a joke where as you get older and older, you become more and more insane And that idea, though, that you combine those two where someone is a murderous killer who's also been around for, like, hundreds of years. So they are already more savvy than other humans, at least in their now bizarre understanding of the cat and mouse game of human beings. But they are also old, and so they're sort of crazed. And the longer you live in this life, the more you get weird. And it's a very interesting take. Every time I watch it, I get something else from it. Yeah, and Kristen Dunst is really good in it. So, all right, sweet. Well, I guess that was our vampire wall. Nick, do you have any other uh, vampire thoughts? Can't trust anything that doesn't like garlic. 
That is a very fair point. That is a very fair point. But you can trust things that don't like crucifixes. I don't know. It's a weird zin-zang. Yin-yang. Jin-yang. All right. So, hey, look, like and subscribe us on all your favorite podcast places, Spotify, Apple, all that kind of wild shit. We're doing it. Check out our Patreon. We love you guys. We're going to be throwing up some more office hours, particularly maybe some exclusives on the Patreon if you want to check them out. So that was the vampire thing. Nick, um, I think you're doing a great job. I think we're all doing a great job. That's right. (laughs) Vampire teeth out. And uh, I'll see you guys at Hot Topic. All right. Catch you guys on the next Office Hours.